20th episode of the game podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Thompson. I am a gold level pro. Here with me is Michael Majors, a platinum level pro, and we kind of blew it. We missed last week, but that's all on me. I was sick. Uh, we didn't really blow it. It's fine. You're ill. We, we blew it. I, I mean, I, I guess I guess we could have recorded and you could have been miserable and difficult to listen to and hated every second of it. Yeah, I was not about that life. So... I'm still a little sick, but we're doing this. I, I think it's a good time, too, because the first Open just happened, right? So there was a SCG tour event in Columbus last weekend. Neither of us went. Uh, in my defense, I was sick, although I did look at plane tickets regardless. There was something like $900, so I was not about really to do that. What's your excuse? Where were you? Dude, I went to the draft camp in D.C. Oh, okay. So Andrew, who now knows this, was really happy that I did that. Oh, that's cool. Did yeah. you learn a lot? I think so. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird way to phrase it, but but did I did. So. Did you win all your matches? We we were only there for one day. I think they held it for two days. I I went X one. That's not bad. Well, all right then. You were actually doing stuff. I was just sitting on my couch, being miserable, watching coverage. I wouldn't say I was working, but you know, I, I somewhat accomplished something relating to the pro tour. Dude, that's work. This is this is your job. This is what you do for a living. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You could write this off on your taxes if you wanted to. Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's just say I have lots of business meetings over the year. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess we should just start by talking about Sahili Rai. And uh, did you get to watch any of the coverage, I guess, since you were doing stuff? or I watched a little bit, like, you know, at various times I was in the car traveling and stuff. And it, it seemed like Sahili was very much on coverage's radar. Yeah. From watching coverage, I missed a, a few rounds here and there just to take random naps because, you know, I was exhausted. But most of the time, there was, like, either a Sahili deck or a green-black deck or both on camera. And some of that had to do with, certainly, that Sahili is kind of interesting. It was the potential breakout deck of the tournament. But, like, a lot of good people were playing it, too. So that had a lot to do with it. From If you were just like paying attention to the feature matches and not necessarily anything else, you might just be like, oh man, this deck is everywhere, right? Three copies made the top eight, and I think there were 25 copies of various Sahili decks in the top 64, so it did do pretty well. But notably, I think, in the later rounds, the deck suffered a little bit, and the three copies that did make top eight all lost their first round. And notable is that two of the copies in the top eight are like the hybrid Oath of Nyssa four-color sequelings. Yeah, so th there are two different versions. One is just Jeskai Control, basically, with the combo. And the other one is this four-color deck that reminded me a lot of Revelark, where you're just accruing value, kind of dealing with what your opponent's doing, and then eventually you just combo kill them. Yeah, this is actually the first deck I built in Pro Tour testing. It was kind of funny to see that be the breakout deck, but oh well. <laughs> It's it's sort of obvious, you know. It, it, it definitely is. Oath of Nissa is super powerful. It gets both halves of the combo. It has a lot of synergy with Felidar Guardian. It's uh, it, you always want to build like these hybrid combo decks. Like if you can pressure your opponent, and then once they have exhausted all their resources killing your creatures, you can combo kill them. That's really appealing. I think green black just kind of checks this deck. That's kind of what it seemed like. Well, just pressure plus disruption in general is very good against combo decks and it didn't seem like the Sahili decks like specifically the four color ones ha really had any way to stop like consistent aggression so like if if you got up on them by a creature or god forbid they had a heart of kirin or something the four color Sahili deck didn't have anything like radiant flames or fumigate or anything like that to come back so like once they got behind they were just dead I, it, it's odd to me that I, I think that most of these lists were built to be even more combo slanted than some of the decks that I've played around with like I was really interested in like playing Warlord Virtuoso as a backup plan. You just like go wide around your opponent and kill them. Mm -hmm. And they're playing like Spellcrawlers, so it, it, it's interesting to see what the correct take on that is. But I, I agree, it's like if Green Black just gets like a, a six six in play, then they have no chance of ever breaking through it. Yeah, there's no Wrath of God or anything like that. Like they don't have good answers to things. It is very much just they tread water, draw some cards, gain some life maybe, and then hope that they can eventually assemble the combo. But a lot of the time that just didn't work, especially since these decks at times could just kind of go off like 
Sahili Rai, a Cloud Blazer, or whatever, and just end up with a bunch of cards, but their cards didn't do anything. They just drew, like, more Moldrifters and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I actually, I played a, a video against Tom today. I played a Cloud Blazer, and it's like, this just doesn't do a damn thing at all. It's just It just yeah. draws me into more, like, rogue refiners, which don't impact the battlefield at all. Yep, you just draw into more nonsense. I, I kind of ran into this problem when I was building Ancestral Vision decks for Modern, where I wanted to try it with, like, the Thopter-Foundry combo, and then you just... Ancest- you resolve an Ancestral, and that's, like, your whole game plan is just, like, you know, live long enough to do this thing. And then you just end up drawing a bunch of blank cardboard. And it's like, well, what the hell am I doing, you know? So I do feel like these decks kind of, like, got it in good a lot of the time where they slowed down their opponent, they were drawing cards, they were making their land drops, and then they just died. So I feel like if the decks are built a little bit differently, like, maybe they have some bigger spell to take advantage of the fact that they're slowing the game down and they actually, like, get to six mana and stuff. Or if you just have uh, a more potent way to just get some grasp on the game. Like, I don't know if it means, like, you're supposed to be blinking Oath of Chandra and killing their stuff, or Oath of Jace to, like, just filter through more cards and, like, hopefully end up a bunch of removal spells or, like, maybe more powerful cards or what it is. But, like, there's definitely something going on with these lists. They were just not very well-tuned. Agreed. Like... Dude, what is, I'm just going to get on a small tangent here. What is up with two Prophetic Prism, three Attune with Aether being the standard through these people's lists? I don't know if the list started somewhere. It, it, it must have, because like I think there's like five or six lists in the top 64 with that exact split, and that makes literally zero sense to me. Yeah, I don't know if it came from like a Chapin article or Reddit or something. I haven't been paying a ton of attention this week just because... I have been ill. So, yeah, uh, it, it was very strange to me, uh, especially with green-white tokens, too, kind of had the same thing going on, where they had, like, three snare, three heart, uh, just kind of like the same shell. Yeah, I guess maybe people just want to play it safe week one. I can understand that to some degree, but but with, like, your mana fixing, like, a tune with ether is just the best card in the deck, hyperbole, but one of the best cards in the deck. Well, I, I feel like that's kind of a nod to the problem that they had, where they just use all these cards to make land drops and then at the end of it they just have like 10 land and nothing to do with oath of nissa attuned with aether and a, a reasonable amount of lands like these decks have like 21 lands or whatever i i do imagine like you just end up getting flooded a bunch so then if you're like well i i want prophetic prism because it's kind of like an attune with aether some of the time it's going to find me a land some of the time it's going to find me like an actual spell i kind of get that i understand that split i don't think it's necessarily correct I, I would rather just, like, have Oath of Jace at that point, you know? It's like, okay, I'll get a bunch of lands, and then I'll just Oath of Jace them away. That makes more sense to me. Yeah, I agree with that. I've, I've been really impressed with the Oath of Jace Felder Guardian interaction. I, I assume that it's it's just some, like, cute way to generate more value with Felder Guardian, but, like, the odds of you having absolutely no battlefield and you're just, like, drawing a card off your prism and that, like, getting you anywhere productively is just so low. Well, worth noting, I think that you should have some stuff to blink with Felidar Guardian that doesn't die to shock. Yeah, agreed. I, this is and, and, and like these lists have very few energy sinks, which is strange to me. So that's just another nod to World of Virtuoso, in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bobby Graves' list that he got fifth with, uh, Team Card Hoarder. They have one Shielded Aether Thief, which I think is nonsense, and one Whirler Virtuoso, which I think is actually a good card. This is a card that can actually kill them if they have things that are that can break up your combo. And especially if they have something like Authority of the Councils. It's just like, th- this is a card that actually does something, you know? And it's like, people are going to try and break up your combo with spot removal. This thing is very good against spot removal. So having more Whirler Virtuosos makes more sense to me than, say, Spell Queller. Yeah, agreed. It just lets your deck actually function on multiple axes. Yup. Uh, Jeskai Control deck... Seems pretty normal. There were, like, a few different slight variations, but it's just kind of what you should expect, I guess. Like, there's nothing too fancy going on here. I, I would note that, like, Disallow at first glance is was a solid card to me. It's, like, obvious this is a cancel upgrade, but that card is really, really good, and there's lots of applications for it. Yeah, it did a lot of things, for sure. One of the things that kept coming up on camera, which I thought was pretty funny, was Disallow against Quarantine Field. Because it was just like, okay. wh- like which is better? Is it better to have the field in play or the field in the graveyard? And then, like, Cedric and Peace Sully were trying to come up with scenarios for each. It's like denying your opponent Delirium versus, like, is there even a way to pick up an enchantment? Nissa. Okay, sure. What about, like, from the battlefield, though? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you you could have, 
the aviary tutu that like bounces the thing or something that no one plays like yeah i, but, I would assume that like 90 10 it's better to disallow stasis near triggers and quarantine triggers yeah so that that's just like one of those funny things where it's like you might just snap counter it because like hey this is your counter spell or whatever but it's actually worse it's also just it, like some clean evia being like it resolves hold on yeah <laughs> it resolves target Oh, I guess, oh, Felidar Guardian is probably the big one with Stasis Snare, but that doesn't work with you. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if, if we're talking about, like, Green-White Token specifically, which was the matchup that that came up in a few times, then it probably doesn't matter for the Guardian. But, yeah, it does matter for Nyssa, so it is a very small thing, but kind of yeah. cool. No, I mean, if there's one game that you went off that small decision, that's awesome. Hell, yeah. Anything else about these Jeskai decks? I mean, they're they're pretty boring, to be completely honest. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. I would note that pretty sure you should just be playing four Glimmer of Genius no matter what in all of these decks. It's just like that engine with Torrential Gear Hulk is so powerful and like it can completely change the game as to whether you're doing literally nothing or just completely going off on your opponent. The the thing that I would point out though is that I still like Oath of Jace a lot. So okay. I could see a mix and uh, both Todd Stevens and Daniel Fournier have a mix. Uh, Daniel has 3-2 and Todd has 3-1. I still think that's low, but I do really like Oath of Jays. The only other thing I have to add is that after playing a fair amount in the last week or two, Shock is incredibly rancid. <laughs> Shock is just awful, and like I understand that you want to protect yourself against the combo, and that's a real thing, but I think that's going to be a serious point of contention in deck building with these uh, control decks especially. Is like, Do you want to play this very weak card in your deck to hedge against these combos, or do you want to play a better removal spell? I do like Shock against Toolcraft Exemplar, but past that, it doesn't have a lot of value even in that matchup. Yeah, and well, I mean, I don't know if this is the best segue, but I think Toolcraft Exemplar is quite bad. We'll get to that. We'll okay. get to that. Okay, I'll, I'll hold out. So, Kevin Jones played Whirler Virtuoso. Ooh, Brutal Expulsion. I liked that card a lot. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that card. Like, there's definitely those weird games where it's just the best possible card. There's going to be that scenario for sure. And it's a really nice card to hit off Torrential Gear Hulk. Like anything that costs four or more off Gear Hulk is just stupid. But yeah, but how much help do your Gear Hulks need? Exactly, and it's like that card is just going to be weak such a significant portion of the time. I do like that it's one of the few things for a base blue red deck that can get rid of a big threat. Like if they have a big Verderous Gear Hulk or something. Yeah, I, I like that. But okay, this is the comparison I was trying to think of. It's like the worst Silver Command of all time. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that card was just a clean 10 or like a 2. Yeah, and this this card is like, you know, going to be a 1 or a 2, and then the ceiling is like an 8 or something, but it's more so like trending in the middle. I appreciate that Kevin Jones included a copy of Essence Flux. That was a card that I was a big proponent of in these types of decks. To be fair, like not a lot of people went down like the, the hardcore combo route where they're playing like Dispel's main deck and stuff, but yeah. I think Essence Flux is just super good in this archetype. It is definitely a more flexible dispel if all you're trying to do is counter a spot removal spell. Yep, and you can also just, like, your essence flux can essentially just be, like, you draw three cards, discard two, if you're just, like, hitting your oath or your oath of Chandra or whatever. There's there's a lot of flexibility once you have a Felidar Guardian on the battlefield. Yeah, I will say that from what I saw, the essence flux looked really bad for him, but... Man! The... The game, the game in, that I saw was, like, also just a very strange game, so... Alright. I do like Essence Flux in a deck with Felidar Guardian and Torrential Gear Hulk, but it might be a little too cute. Yeah, that's reasonable. I, realistically, his one of is probably the right number. And 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 like I was getting at, I, I really feel like he should have the Jason's deck if he's playing this card. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, he told me the Friday before that he was playing Oath of Chandra and he thought it was really good, so I bought a bunch of them on Moto. Yeah. And I, I bought a bunch. I bought like 40 for a penny and sold them for 10 cents, so I'm basically rich. Wow. Dude, nice come up. Yeah, thanks, man. Eventually, the bots were on to me, though. They were like, oh, Oath of Chandra, th these are now three cents. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm off it. <laughs> no, I think this card is good. It's going to start seeing more play, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's so good with Felidar Guardian, and it's not that much worse than just playing a normal removal spell, and it kills way more things than Shock does. Yeah, you're going to have to kill lots of Constrictors and Pumped Up Rush cards. I guess we can uh, segue into Black Green, then. Yeah, wasn't that nice? Yeah, well done. Thanks, man. Winding Constrictor. Just hardened scales with legs, kind of a medium body. Oh, dude, I used this joke on Todd earlier. It doesn't have legs. Mm, it's fair. It's the exact same thing. 
It is cute, though. I mean, I think this card is just great. No, absolutely. It, it is awesome, and it's just... I feel like this should have been a rare. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's like the a gold card to like place you in an archetype for limited, so I love it there, but I feel like this card could very easily just be rare. I think it's powerful enough, but um, since I've actually done some drafts, I've, I've played some Constructor Black Rain token, or, you know, plus one, plus one counter decks, and it's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, you're like, do, do you feel like you could win an open with that deck? Because that's kind of what happened. I mean, turn one, Implement of Improvement, turn two, Constrictor is real nice. Implement of Improvement? That's the green one. Isn't that Ferocity? Oh, what is Improvement? Is it the white one? Ah, sorry. I suck at this. Ferocity sounds right, though. Yeah, Improvement is the white one. Okay. I do like that card, but yeah, Ferocity is great. I think that Brennan could play the green Implement... I understand that his deck is just being, like, a little fatter with the Mindwreck Demons, the full four Gearhawks, four Grim Flares and stuff. So he's not, like, all in on the counter stuff, but I do think that card is good. It's also just good for Delirium. The other card that I was kind of weirded out that he was not playing was Blossoming Defense. I mean, it's definitely good with Mindwreck Demons, but I, I sort of just get the impression that he wanted to be, like, pound for pound as powerful as possible, and he doesn't have to, like, play tricks or anything that's cute. Yeah, and that's legit, but I don't know. It feels like now, especially after he won, like people are going to have more better answers to these cards, right? I just imagine that like he played Mindwreck Demon, and if his opponent couldn't like kick a Fatal Push, then they're just dead, right? Like there are very few things that actually deal with that. But once people actually start having answers, then you're going to want to be able to retrick them potentially. And uh, since it wasn't in his deck originally, I think putting it in there now is certainly good. I mean, I can definitely agree with that. That, that sounds sweet. I, I do really want to talk about Mindrack Demon. Like, that card is just... I think it's just legitimately incredible now. Yeah, I bought a few of those, too. They doubled. Went from, like, 1.4 to 3 or something. Just doesn't really die to any of the commonly played remo removal spells except for Kicked Fatal Push, like you said, which is pretty difficult to do. Nothing contested in the sky. Like, Heart of Kieran's a 4-4. Can't get Reflector Maged, obviously. Card's yeah, people, people say that about Heart of Kieran, but Motorist is a thing, you know? Is it, though? Is it? It's a, it's I guess a, it has one toughness. I guess we can talk about Walking Ballista and how you think it just is Night of Souls betrayal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's legit. I deserve that. There's there's Toolcraft Exemplar. There's Veteran Motorist, and then what? Like I think, I think Selfless Spirit has the biggest implication on the format. I think Selfless Spirit is just bad. That's my point. It's, I think it's bad outside of Walking Ballista. Okay, it's just that, so small. That, that's completely reasonable, but like if you look at this deck list, it is not good against Fumigate. And Selfless Spirit is basically unplayable, like both on power level and because of Walking Ballista now. Okay. So like it's completely reasonable that you could just build a traditional like Fumigate control deck now for the first time in a year and a half. Yep, that's certainly legit. I mean, this deck is gonna end up with very, very bad graphs and, and fatal pushes and from my limited experience playing with Brennan's deck, like, having two Rishkars was pretty annoying, too. It was very similar to having two Pias, where, like, you have this legend that does some stuff, but they don't even necessarily want to trade with it or kill it. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see this deck just ending up with a bunch of dead cards against a control deck and just dying, for sure. But it, but even though, you know, you're joking with me about how I say Walking Ballista just, like, checks everything, it, it kind of does. Like, especially if you're on their play, if you go turn two Constrictor and do turn three Ballista, or turn two Ballista, turn three Rishkar, like... You just get their thing for free, and you still ballista on the battlefield. And this card is if, just filthy. If that happens, yes. Then it is a disaster, for sure. But the worst case scenario is that you're just, like, trading two mana for two mana. Well, not against, against Motorist. Not against Tollcraft Exemplar, but against Motorist yeah. and Selfless Spirit. Yeah, but it's like, then, you know, they got to scry, they, they maybe got to crew a vehicle and hit you for another point, too. So it's like, you're still behind, right? Kind of, except for, like... When they draw their motorist on turn seven and you draw your ballista on turn seven, you're just suddenly like dominating them. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to get to that point too. And at that point, you're probably just going to take over with like demons and gear hulks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a valid argument. But also, gear hulk plus ballista is just unbelievable. Oh, it's nuts. I'm not trying to say that ballista is not good. I'm just saying that I don't think ballista completely invalidates Mardu vehicles. Okay. And it's certainly good against them. Like, very, I, very good against them. I, I almost think I disagree. It is so good against them naturally, and, like, Ballista is just this weapon that any deck can play and just incidentally gain percentage points against that deck that they just shouldn't have. Like, even if, worst-case scenario, you're just, like, 
you know, blocking their one drop and then shooting their two drop. And sure, you've traded even on mana, but you've also gained like six life. Yeah. So any deck can play it, but I don't think that any deck can use it as well as the snake decks can, right? And I think it is snake that actually like puts it over the top. But if, yeah, if you're using yeah. it just as like a two mana mog fanatic against Marty vehicles, and you're just like, well, that's the goddamn Game Boys. Like, I think you're going to be disappointed. Oh, for sure. But like, eh, I mean, you can use it in your artifact deck with Improvise, or it could be your Delirium enabler, or your Fatal Push enabler. You know, I mean, the card is just so flexible. No, like I said, I definitely think it is very, very good. I just don't think it's a, a complete lights out for Marty vehicles. I mean, I, I think that the the deck is significantly worse because of the, the card's presence in the format. And it's arguable uh, whether Marty sure. Vehicles is even a particularly good deck now. Mm. I want to play it at the Pro Tour. We'll um, see. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just want to attack, man. Fuck. I mean, attacking, sweet. I don't know. I, I just think that these, these decks that are reliant on multiple one-toughness creatures, it's just a huge liability between, especially between, like, Ballista on one spectrum of the format and then, like, maybe the presence of Liliana in the other. Yeah, it's possible. There were there were basically zero Lilianas on Camro. Think this eleventh place black white aggro deck had some. Yeah, he had four. Okay, I think the like let's see the other black green Lyrium Lift got third had one. Yeah, just one. Yeah, so not too not too many. Also notably, um, Andrew had four Nissa voices in a car, which is something we should probably talk about. Yeah, card is good. It is certainly better the lower to the ground that you are, which Brennan was not. So it makes sense to me for him to not play very many of them. I really like the presence of Catacomb Sifter. I mean, that card is just awesome. It turns on Fatal Push. Good with Nissa. Get some extra value off your Ballista. I'm down with that. Like, these these Black Green decks have so many cards that they can play. And so many different, like, packages of things. Like, the second place one had the Energy Package, which I think is worth exploring. Brennan just had all of his Mythic Rares. This third place one is just like, yeah, all the all the really good two and three drops. Yeah, it's like, which way do you go? Do you go for power? Do you go for synergy? Like, what are we trying to do here? Maybe it just doesn't matter. Maybe, like, you know, you just put various black and green cards in a deck and you probably can't <laughs> lose, but... I, I mean, as usual, I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Like, I, I like utilizing Catacomb Sifter, and I really like Mindrack Demon. Uh, maybe they don't necessarily go in the same deck together, but, like... I'm a little skeptical of this four gear hulk strategy. It's just like you can get these really clunky hands where you like can't yeah. deploy both your ballistas, have two gear hulks and two minor demons or something like that. But yeah, I mean all these configurations put up results. The third place one has two heart of Kieran, which basically just looked awesome on camera every single time. Yeah, so I think to some degree Heart of Kieran has kind of made Gideon embarrassing again. Maybe yep. that's like a strong statement, but like Brennan had, like, Mindrack Demon, and Andrew had Heart of Kieran. And between the two of those cards, just, like, Gideon can't get any traction against these guys. Even just, like, Green Gear Hulk kind of does it, you know? Gear Hulk on anything. Walking Ballista plus anything. Yeah, that's that's another but, nod to Walking Ballistas. In the late game, it basically just makes Planeswalkers a joke. Yeah, watch Brennan just annihilate Hunter Nance's, like, Nissa Gideon plus stuff, which is a Ballista. I didn't watch that game, but I'm sure he had more than just a blister, right? Well, I, yeah, I mean, he had, like, Snake, plus, like, Mana, plus, I think, like, Rishkar or something. It was just, like, he, he had, like, very, like, little things going on. Uh, Hunter basically had kind of, like, the green-white nut draw, and then just his board disappeared on turn five. Okay, just yeah. Completely gone. I mean, just, like, you know, if you attack your ballista, then to put two counters on it because of the Snake, they have to, like, chump block, and then, like, you can just remove a couple counters and kill a planeswalker and then you're just suddenly ahead yeah so gotta kill the snake boys and girls it has to die yeah i think that's an underrated aspect of this deck so far it's like it's kind of innocuous it just looks like a two three but it just makes every card in the deck so much better it's just hardened scales you know who cares right also gives you extra energy yeah that is true i do like that aspect also also gives you extra poison counters oh does it yeah, I guess it yeah. does. It is an oddly worded card, but it works. So the green-white token decks looked pretty bad to me, but I'm kind of biased in that I don't want to register green-white tokens in the way that these people did. Like, to me, the strength of that deck was like playing kind of this aggressive game against slower decks and being the control deck against faster decks. And these decks don't really have that capability. They're just, like, pigeonholed into, like, kind of this beatdown deck. 
And it doesn't do that job very well against everyone. So I was just very disappointed with green-white tokens as a whole. Kind of agree with you to some degree. My gut, if I were to build a green-white token stack, would be for Ballista for Avacyn. Yeah, I'm down with that. Avacyn was very, very underplayed. Which yeah. was like kind of surprising because it actually looks like it lines up pretty well against a lot of these decks. Um, but, I'm not sure how good it is against Brennan's deck. Just like Demon is solid. Brennan's deck is fatter, but like the second and third place decks with like their Catacomb Sifters and like sure, sure. Glint, glint Sleeve whatevers. But yeah, everyone just had the Green Gear Hulk instead, which is certainly defensible. But I don't know. Like you, you can certainly like customize your sideboard in such a way where you know one of them is going to be better than the other and so on so yeah i think that's legit and i'm not even sure that green white tokens is a good deck right now but all i'm saying is if i were going to build it that's where i would start yeah when your best removal spell is stasis snare it's like ugh. stasis snare is not very good yeah i don't i, I don't want to be anywhere near that and grass so, and fatal push are quite good yeah do you see this 11th place deck let me find it uh this this deck actually looks like gas beat up zagro yeah, I'm I'm kind of for these cards. Oh, look at that mana base. That's that's ugly. So uh, this is Brian Palucci. Palucci. I don't know. We butchered it. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, Brian. You know, but sorry, uh, his deck has Thraben Inspector, Selfless Spirit, Scrapheap Scrounger, Thalia, Avacyn, one Aether Geode Miner, which is awesome. Not very good against the Ballista, but what can you do? Yeah, it doesn't and pass then, the test, but. Four Fatal Push, four Anguished Unmaking, which is aggressive. Yes. Uh, four Liliana, two Gideon, three Heart of Kieran, 24 Land. And yeah, it just looks sweet. It's just like he's got, he's got like the good white curve from the Flash deck. He has the good black removal spells, Heart of Kieran, uh, Liliana, only two Gideon, which is really odd because there aren't even two more in the sideboard. But yeah, four Liliana strikes me as like the, the thing that, it like could just be very very good because like ballista is very good not many people are playing liliana i guess brian could play ballista ballista is good with liliana in a number of ways but yeah i have no idea how good this deck is but it's sweet this strikes me as another archetype where you know there's 20 more viable cards you can play in it and they're totally defensible and it's just tough to pick the right configuration i like how the the creature base is like mono white he's basically just a mono white deck that has four lilianas in it and some removal spells, and you know? It's, yeah, it's just very strange. I have done the um, play Liliana, minus it, kill it to animate my heart of Kieran, fatal push my opponent's creature. That's pretty sweet. Man, that is deep. Gotta get those points in somehow. <laughs> that's that's how that's how you get through the demon. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> get a little value and get through the demon and four points of damage. Yeah, you could just, you know, plus the Liliana or whatever, but that's not nearly as fun. Nope, screw that. Yeah, I don't know, man. This deck looks cool. I'm not into it, but... Yeah, it's, it looks cool. It looks like vehicles. That's why you're not into it. Uh, that's that's probably completely true. There's just so much fun stuff you can do in this format. I have no interest in these, you know, dopey creature decks. Yeah, okay, so there is a lot of fun stuff. I think this is actually a pretty good point because this set just has a bunch of cool stuff and the bands took away, like, all the oppressive stuff, right? So it's like now you can just mess around with energy, you can mess around with improvise, you can just play weird mana bases because of hub and spire and map and prism just like all these mana fixers and like the green has a lot of mana fixing too it's just like man instead of finding like the best fun thing to do i kind of just want to kill people i kind of just want to sidestep all that stuff because i'm i'm probably gonna mess it up that's probably just like the the old man and you coming out i don't know man what am i supposed to be doing i don't know man just enjoying life you just want to kill people i am enjoying life by killing people it's fun. <laughs> I actually um, something I hadn't really thought about until now, but you kind of beat around the bush, I suppose. But I think that Eldrazi are totally playable right now. There's just so much mana fixing for them between like Aetherhub, Spire of Industry, and Incidental Lands, and nobody's talking yep. about it at all. I mean, it's shown up in my notebook occasionally, but yeah, I only get to write so many articles per week, unfortunately. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, Thoughtnots here is such a good card. It is. Thought yeah, Thoughtnot is just the card. It's the card I want to put in everything. Yeah, but there are there are a couple Eldrazi decks. Bant Eldrazi in thirtieth place. This deck was really weird. Had Inspector, Servant of the Conduit, Three Authority of the Council's Main. Oh yeah, this this deck is wild. Yeah, Tomio Sanctum of Ugin deck. It's great. <laughs> but even like Wasteland Stranger look looks pretty good right now. Again, like it kills Snake and like Rishkar and 
solid thing to do on curve. I don't really know how you turn it on, but like transgress also looks pretty good. Most of the decks are fairly slow. Uh, I don't know about transgress. I kind of hate that card. Why is that? Uh, just like doesn't hit anything really relevant. And two mana is such a big tax. Two mana is like skip your turn. I mean, that's true, but I, I think it hits lots of relevant things. Yeah, but it can also miss. Like, there there are a lot of decks that have a lot of one and twos, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're good cards or they're threes and fours and stuff, but if you miss, it's just game over. Yeah, sure. A lot of it, I think, is just like playing to the board, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, if, it matters, if you're not doing it. Anything. matters so much more that you're actually trying to kill people or, like, get ahead in some way. So kind of like looking at that Banal Drazi deck list and the three Authority of the Consoles main, and I did Hunter Nance played two main, and yep. lots of people played Walking Ballista. What do you think about Sahili moving into, like, Richmond and the PT? Because, like, if it had marginal success at this open while kind of being, for lack of a better word, heavily oppressed between, like, you know, people just generally being afraid of it and gunning for it, and it seemed to do fine, and if the lists get tighter and people know what they're doing and there's less hate maybe like still people are playing walking ballista of course because the card's generically good but i really doubt people are going to play main deck authority of the consoles in richmond like what do you think happens uh i don't know i I think the the big thing is that a lot of these sahili decks had backup plans like the jeskai sahili deck had a bunch of gear hulks and kevin had like whirler virtuosos and stuff the four color ones like don't really care all that much if you're basically mulliganing to play this authority of the consoles sure you know, they're just going to beat you down with two twos. Who cares? But if you are kind of, maybe, maybe you're uh, heavier on the combo, you're more reliant on it or whatever. Oath of Gideon beats a lot of the hate stuff, right? Like it beats Shock and Ballista. Oath of Gideon? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, that's Yeah, because really Sahili enters with an additional counter. Uh, it doesn't beat Shock. Oh, it doesn't beat Shock. You're right. It just beats well, Ballista on one. If you could, yeah, if you can somehow have two Oath of Gideons in play, you could beat Shock, but... Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that one, man. Yeah, never mind. I don't know. I'm off it. No, that's interesting. So you think the actual reality is when people just build their decks better and don't play these crappy hate cards, they, uh, it will just make it harder on Sahili? Uh, Likely. I don't know. I mean, if people are like, oh, Ballista's really good, I'm going to play more Ballista's. I think that card is generally kind of weak against the Sahili decks. Like, it, it kind of stops the combo, but it doesn't care about, like, the value unless you're using the Snake. Otherwise, if you're just playing, like, a 4-mana 2-2 or a 2-mana 1-1, like, you're not going to be able to kill their Planeswalkers. You're not going to be able to trade favorably with any of their crappy creatures or anything, you know? Just, it seems like kind of a weak card. Same, same thing with Shock. So, I don't know if this was a matter of people having a, a lot of hate cards that were actually pretty poorly positioned against the way that people built their decks and now they're gonna like figure out how to sideboard better against these decks and stuff like how many shocks do you want against a Jeskai control deck right like right. it is not many it is probably zero no i think that's an interesting point i i do disagree on the, the ballista though yeah you're right this this Jeskai control deck doesn't really care about this like instant turn turn two one one but just the fact that like you can play ballista on two and still just like tap out every turn and build your position and then eventually your Ballista scales in some way, whether you're playing Gear Hulk or Rishkar or whatever. Like, the fact that you've just, like, made this initial investment and you don't have to worry about dying on turn four and you just start tapping out and, like, actually putting pressure on your opponent. And, sure. frankly, frankly, the Jeskai deck probably has to kill your, quote-unquote, real creatures and not the Ballista. And then you still have your protection for Yeah, that's fair. I did see the combo happen a lot. I What I saw most of the time, though, was that they would have a shock or whatever, but eventually they would have to use it or they'd have a grasp and they would have to use it just on nonsense because they were getting beaten down by nonsense because they were holding this, this semi dead card. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like that ballista is proactive rather than reactive. I also think that there are going to be some matchups like the, the four color Sahili deck against like Mardu vehicles or whatever. It's like you could board in things like authority of the consoles and just like hold open shock and try and beat them that way, but they don't really care. They're going to board in radiant flames and like try and kill your stuff. So I think like authority of the consoles might be fine there kind of just to help you against the combo. But really what you want to do is like board in a bunch of like planeswalkers and maybe sky sovereign, just like expensive stuff. And at that point, like, you actually do expose yourself to the combo. So, I don't know. It, it is possible that that stuff is better than I think it is. Like, authority specifically, just because it, it's kind of proactive in that you don't have to hold open mana for it all the time. But these decks are tricky. It is hard. And everyone's deck is going to be different, too. Like, there's not a lot of 
you know, like there are some similarities in these four colors to Healy decks, right? Like they're kind of doing the same overall game plan, but like the card choices are way different. I, I, I buy all that. It is kind of just a natural catch point to whenever you're introduced to this like pretty easy to assemble two card combo. Yeah, thumbs up on Ballista, maybe thumbs up on Authority, depending on what your actual plan is. But if you think your best plan is to just like stick Heart of Kirin and pound them, then you don't need Authority of the Consoles. They'll never be able to combo you. They can't play Sahili on a board because you're always going to have a presence. You can always just pick it off if you want. Like These decks actually looked really good when you could play Sahili on a dry board. That was another thing I noticed. Yeah, sure. You can just start accruing some incidental value. It's like... They kind of have to adjust their game plan to try to start attacking Sahili, and then you just you know get to play normal magic. Yeah, but once your game plan is like, oh, I guess I have to outgrind these decks because they have a bunch of mull drifters and rogue refiners and stuff, then you might need something like Authority of the Consoles. Otherwise, you might just die because like the games are going to go on long no matter what. Like even if you both have big stuff, like you're still going to play this really weird attrition game, right? So eventually they're going to find the combo, and you're going to have to break it up somehow. It might as well be with Authority of the Consoles, which is going to remove blockers for a turn instead of something like Shock, which might actually not do anything. Do you see a world where people play maybe Jeskai Control or something similar that kind of represents the combo, and they do not play in the main deck and they sideboard it completely? Or do you see a world where like people are playing Felidar Guardian and like board into Sahili? I think those things are possible, but in order for that to be correct, like, what are you gaining? Like... Isn't it better if you just play a Jeskai control deck where instead of having to kill them with a Gearhulk, like, you actually have a thing that can kill them, just, like, straight up, and then you don't have to play the game any longer? Like, from playing these decks, especially the ones with Glimmer of Genius, it is so difficult to get complete control, like, you just can't do it. So, the the games where the deck looks good are the ones where Torrential Gearhulk is just, like, this really, really fat Delver of Secrets, and you just, like, you know, kind of control the game a little bit, and then you just, like turn the corner very quickly right and the Sahili combo allows you to do that minus the three or four attack steps that it takes so i don't know it's like oh man i could play one felidar guardian in my jeskai deck and like kind of represent that i have the combo or whatever but i think it's just better to have the combo in your deck i guess basically what i'm trying to say is i don't even think felidar guardian is a bad card you can just play one or two Sahili, maybe maybe like two and just play felidar guardian because it's so powerful with torrential gear hulk or like roller virtuoso or like Oath of Jace is your, your card selection, Oath of Chandra, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. If you're like, man, Sahili is just the weakest card, and whenever I draw it, you know, my, my deck kind of ceases to function because it's a virtual mulligan, then yeah, play less of them, by all means. Like, that is an actual gain. But for the most part, it's like having access to the combo in your deck is just better than not, I think. Sure, I buy that. I actually think, like, honestly, if Felidar Guardian had been creature or artifact or some other restriction like that, it would see absolutely zero play, and that would be incorrect. Uh, it's probably true. I mean, the fact that it works with Oaths alone is just pretty absurd. You'd probably need it to be, like, for the sake of this fairy tale land, non-Planeswalker permanent or something. Right, which sounds silly. Yeah, obviously that would never happen, but, like, sake of argument, let's say the card existed in that form, I think it would be very good and still see no play. Yep, I definitely agree with that. But anything that makes value is probably pretty good and should be worth looking at. I think, like, the Oaths are just kind of good, too. Like, Oath of Jace has shown up in a few spots and I think is just actually really powerful for what it does. I agree. I think those cards are maybe, except for Oath of Nyssa, criminally underrated. Yeah. Oath of Nyssa, I think, is correctly rated. Yeah. Oath of Chandra, Oath of Jace. I mean, Oath of Chandra, depending on texture of the format, can be pretty bad, but... Yeah, absolutely. Generally, generally solid. No one is very happy playing in Incendiary Flow, so... All right, well, what about Marty Vehicles? Why do you hate it so much? Is it is it just Walking Ballista, or is there something else? It's definitely not just Walking Ballista. I, I mean, I wasn't really impressed with the deck before, and it was significantly more powerful with Smuggler's Copter. I mean, granted, the rest of the decks in the format were also much more powerful, but... Okay, so, so I'm looking at the 21st place, Josh Crow, and, like... Four Heart of Kieran and my two Gideon deck, two Aethersphere Harvester, which is a fine card, but it's like, you know, kind of defensive in my super aggressive deck. And I don't know. I'm just not into it. Sing your praises. Let's hear it. This deck actually gets to play one mana cards. Very okay. few other decks get to do that. Like, Toolcraft Exemplar is definitely your best one drop. Like, 
Starting with Raven Inspector is completely fine. It was better when you could crew copter with it. Like, obviously now it doesn't really help with Heart of Kirin, but it does help with the rebukes in the sideboard if those are a thing that you want to play. And Inventor's Apprentice is a little mopey. Like, doesn't line up well with a lot of the two drops. So, like, it, it is very much the power of Toolcraft Exemplar that makes me very happy to play something like this. And I don't know, man. Heart of Kirin just always looked good. I feel like the clock from that card is... Just sort of incredible. It is legendary. Uh, it's somewhat difficult to crew, but a lot of your stuff has three power already. It's not like you're going out of your way to play like bad three power stuff just to crew this thing. And just not a lot of stuff kills it. So, I don't know. Disintegration is nuts. You get to play Shock if you want it. You don't necessarily have to. Like, if the format is all X3s, then you should probably play, you know, Harness Lightning instead. But if there are Mirror-ish type decks, like if you're playing against Esper, because... I guess before it seemed like, you know, people might play Marvel, they might play these Sahili decks, and Esper would be good against that, then this deck just kind of beats the crap out of that, even though Esper, I'm sure, just gets annihilated by Black Green. So, I don't know, man. I think if Exemplar is not good, then this deck is probably not good. And right now, it is kind of looking like Gideon is not great also, so, yeah, maybe maybe White is not good. And then... Okay, I want to play Disintegration and Heart of Kirin, and is there a good black-red deck? Probably not. So, yeah, maybe maybe this is just not playable. I don't know. But if you want to attack, Toolcraft Exemplar is the best card, and this gets to play that card. You get to play Disintegration and Heart of Kirin and Rebuke and a lot of powerful cards. All right, so I, so I have a few responses to what you just said, but as an aside, I'm totally down to like build a Liliana, Blood Hall Priest, Heart of Kirin deck. So, you know, you get back to me on that, okay? Okay, will do. All right. So I agree that Unlicensed Disintegration is like super powerful, and it's a huge draw to this deck. Obviously, it's great against the Sahili Rai combo. It's just also just generally one of the most powerful cards in the last standard format too, which was just criminally underplayed for whatever reason. So my problem with Heart of Kirin and like this very low Planeswalker deck is like, sure, you're you know attacking with a four four flyer, and I'm not trying to like denounce the power of that, especially for its ability just to check Planeswalkers and stuff. But like, you're basically just upgrading your three power ground creature into a four power like you haven't gained that much and if you're playing against a bunch sort of, of. spells the the go, play go pattern ahead. is basically like it gives your new creature haste yes i mean th that that is good of course but like eventually once the game has like hit turn five or six or whatever that stops being a thing yeah kind of but i don't know man two two mana fires of yavimaya when you have a bunch of like two mana three power things is like pretty sick yeah i mean when you're when you're like legitimately curving out and doing your thing it's definitely powerful i agree with that but like it's also just bad against a lot of removal spells. Like like decks that play a lot of removal spells, I should say. Dude, please kill my Heart of Kirin, because I have the second one just, like, rotting in my hand oh, that, that I want to play. <laughs> it's like... I mean, that worked with Umazawa's GTA because it was just that powerful, but I don't buy it here. No, that's legit. Scrap Heap Scrounger sort of insulates you from that a decent amount, but yeah, I mean, Heart of Kirin just, like, hits them very hard. I do think that, like, play my thing, give it haste, effectively, is, like, really powerful, and, I don't know, man, it also, like, gives your thing evasion, right? Like, there's not a lot of good flying stuff in the format. Mindrack Demon is big, but you have Motorist, you have Disintegration, you have things like Thalia to, like, tap it. You could have a Gideon Emblem. You know, you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying the card is bad. I'm just skeptical of it in a deck built like this. Uh, oh, and the last thing I wanted to point out was, and I didn't, I didn't notice this until I pulled up the deck list, you know, this time is that this guy played for Spire of Industry, which actually seems really awesome. No, Spire is, is sick. It's so good. It, it's, it, is, it makes the mana so good because, like, you're no longer scrapping for, like, black mana for Disintegration and Scrounger, and it makes the blue so free if you want it out of the sideboard. Yeah, like, that, that in itself actually is a super appealing upgrade to me. Yeah, so that's, that's basically why you have four hard to cure it. Okay, that's legit. It's just, like, if... My mana fixer dies in combat, then I get to play another one. <laughs> no, but I, I like that a lot. And it's it's another thing that kind of dampens the blow of losing copters. Like, your Thraven Inspector now just fixed your mana, too. Yeah, that's true. I, I still think Inspector and Apprentice are kind of weak, and I wish that there was other stuff to do with them, but oh well. I'm yeah. not super sold on Aether Sphere Harvester. Um, that, that that to me, is certainly the, the sword bow in this deck. I, it does not look good. I'm sure it's a great sideboard card. I think it is very, very good in the mirror matches. So, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a fine sideboard card, too, but it does look kind of weak. It's like, ah, well, we have these hubs, so 
Let's and our mana's perfect now, so we don't need cultivators caravans. So what are we doing? Let's play this harvester, I guess. I mean, the fact that it actually produces energy for your hubs is probably legit. It's just another thing that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, maybe. So you probably don't need the life link in majority matchups. What if we just play some renegade freighters instead? <laughs> I mean, probably not even that bad. Yeah, it's probably not. <laughs> the card is just massive. Gets a reminder on team. Yeah. Uh, what about Esper? You think Esper is just a way, way, way worse version of this deck? Yeah, basically. Especially now that it has Spire to basically just play Metallic Rebuke when it wants to. Yeah, it's like one of the blue cards, Rebuke and Spell Queller. Yeah, and I like mean, your 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 mana is like technically better, but is it even really? Because like Scrappy Scrounger is so powerful, and you can barely even you know return it from your graveyard with this mana base. Yeah. And I'm not a huge fan of Spell Queller, although if people are just, like, cutting their lightnings for shocks and pushes, then it, it gets a little bit better. It does improve, but, like, the vast majority of the time is, like, unless you have some crazy triple one-drop start or whatever, you're not putting enough of pressure on your opponent, and they can just, like, say go into three mana, and you have to play it anyway. Yeah. Especially if you don't have a one-drop. But then they need some sort of flash thing to do, and I don't know if that matters. I mean, yeah, but, like, just the fact that they shouldn't have to feel pressure to spend their mana every turn against this deck because it is generally not super aggressive is, is a strike against it, I think. You also just have a worse sideboard. Like, you don't have access to, like, basically everything. Yeah, I definitely like that aspect about Mardu. So, Aetherworks Marvel was not very big, and the decks that it did show up in were just, like, random energy decks or Sahili decks, basically. There was no, like, dedicated Marvel deck in the top 64, I think. I didn't see one, though. I would mainly attribute that to people just wanting to, you know, have fun and try out new stuff. I don't think yeah, Marvel is I want to, I want to have fun and try out my brand new Mardu Vehicles deck. My <laughs> I mean, brand new Green White Tokens deck. Dude, well, Green White Tokens is kind of brand new again, to be fair. Uh, it's just a worse version of the other deck, though. I mean, I don't even think they're remotely comparable. So much so that it is a new deck. Well, Majors, when are you going to build a Marvel deck for the kids to play? Oh, no. 64th place. There is a Marvel deck. Oh, never mind. Yeah, look like at a, oh, this is a weirdo one. Yeah, look at it, though. There's just nothing. There's no Ulamog. I think Ted Felicetti had two Ulamogs in his Sahili deck that had a couple Marvels. Or I mean, four I'm, Marvels, maybe. I'm totally cool with just Marveling and Torrential Cure Hulk. That's, that sounds good to me. <laughs> sure. Okay, T Ted had three Ulamogs and four Marvels and some green puzzle knots and whatnot. Is that all in its sideboard? Oh, uh, that's all main deck, baby. What place? 33rd. This deck's pretty dope. I, I like the spirit of this. I think the execution is certainly off, but this is a cool idea. Again, Cloud Blazer, just get that shit out of there. It's so bad. Dude, Marvel into that. What's up? <laughs> you can play your Cloud Blazer, peel two, draw an Ulamog. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure Don't Sleep on Marvel, the card's still very good. I, I would definitely look towards Ted's deck, actually, as a, as a model to maybe how to hybridize a deck, because this looks sweet. And I would go from there. Okie doke. Did you know that marvels are like pretty cheap on Magic Online? Are you gonna go pretty deep, or? You know, I, I think I I might do a little moto specking. I'm I'm done with that real life stuff as I cleaned up my table today and found my stack mm. of Pygon bishops and my stack of K returns I never sold. And Your stack of smugglers copters that you never sold. Stack of smugglers copters I never sold because I mean basically this is just me being kind of right a couple times, but basically just being a complete disaster. But even the times that you were right, you didn't cash in. You were like, ah. No, that's the point. Yeah, I'm just a complete disaster. I just suck. Well, stop doing that. Dude, I'm working on it. It's <laughs> small baby steps at a time. Let's see, let's see what else went up. Yeah, Sahili fluctuated a little bit. It, like, spiked a tiny bit during the open, and then they all lost in top eight, and then it went back down again. I did buy eight of those for, I think, seven apiece. On Moto? Real life. Okay, that's pretty good. I can't find mine. I might have sold them for, like, $4 or something. Packing for the Pro Tour, getting all my crads together, you know. Yeah, I uh, mostly got through my content today and just got to run a few errands tomorrow and then I'll be leaving Thursday. Dope. Who's your squad? Uh, so there's 11 of us in total on the testing team. Our professional six is myself, Brad Nelson, Seth Manfield, Martin Mueller, Martin Dang, and uh, Lucas Blohan. Okay. What about you? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I am working with team former CFB and Associates, team former Ultra Pro. I mean, your your team has been submitted like for like four days. You know that, right? 
It has. I just had nothing to do with it. I couldn't even tell you who's on my six-person squad. All right, classic Jerry. You don't have like a Facebook group. You guys haven't been like talking or anything. We we do. I just you know people are posting like draft decks and some deck lists, and I commit all that stuff to memory. And then like they posted some stuff about the team thing and asked some questions, and I answered them, and just immediately forgot all the other stuff in the thread. All right, this is about as embarrassing as me cleaning off twelve smuggler's copters. Why? Because you don't even know who you're like you're who you're flying to go meet up with. True. <laughs> that's atrocious. Who cares? I mean, that's fine. But it's just... I, I currently don't have a place to stay for one of the days, too. So we'll see what happens. Good God, man. Uh, it's going to be fun. You ready? You excited? Uh, you know, I, I actually am kind of excited to play Magic for the first time in a couple of months. I've, I've been itching, like, the last, like, day people have started traveling. And I've been, like, anybody around a beta? And they're like, no, man, we're drafting. We're hanging out. And I'm like, shit. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about it. Well, uh, I'll see you when I see you, and we'll try not to embarrass ourselves. Hopefully things go well, and then we will start the show back up again after the pro tour, I believe. Yeah, sounds good. When am I supposed to buy a plane ticket to go to some Grand Prix that I agreed to like three weeks ago? Oh shit, is this for Vancouver? Yes. Uh you don't have to go, man. That's okay. Oh, okay. If if you want to go. <laughs> If you want to go, things get a little interesting because my car is currently full, I think. Okay, the truth comes out. Things escalated very quickly. I see. Well, you, we'll, you talk, we'll talk about it. If you want to play modern, we can do that. All right, well, you know, I, I you said some things. We got, you know, inspired. I was motivated. and then you just, When did you're, this happen? You're this doesn't sound me. like us. This is like two weeks ago, man. Oh, man. It's, it's public record. It's on the GAM 19. Man, I blew it. Yeah, you kind of blew it. Well, whatever, dude. Uh, It is February 18th, Grand Prix Vancouver. All right. So it's two weeks after the PT? Yep. Yeah, it's Pittsburgh and then that. Yeah, I think I'm definitely skipping Pittsburgh because I'll just get burned out. I am interested in Vancouver. I think Cedric wants to go too. Is he in your car? No, he's not. Okay, maybe we can work something out there. Is his car here yet? Or did... No, he definitely flew. No, his car is actually in my apartment driving oh, or wow. parking lot really okay yeah i can uh walk out my front door and see it he was supposed to tell me some information about giving the keys before i leave the country but that hasn't come yet okay okay good on him uh you yep. should probably talk to him about that and then hopefully my car arrives that got picked up and then hopefully we can figure out how to transport people from seattle to vancouver dope All so right. yeah if you want to go we'll, we'll make it happen okay so you're motivated again I'm, I'm motivated-ish. All right. Ready yeah. to play some modern. Ready to fatal push some creatures. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So okay. I, I decided that burn was not good. I'm going to play Grixis. Awesome. I, I would love to brainstorm some Grixis. Hell yeah. Can we go back to Jace VP? I would love nothing more than some JVP. Dude, books. All right, let's do this. I'm going to kick right. some people out of my car, and it'll be great. <laughs> All right, that's the spirit. That's game. <laughs> Excuse me, they're both 0-1. My apologies here. So they both have started off their tournament with a loss. Someone's going to walk out of here with a win, and if things hold up, it looks like it's going to be the aptly named Tyler win. That's game. Yes. <laughs> you think, you think Fever Visions against your clunky death that can't remove enchantments. That's game. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to this, too. <laughs>